You are listening to The Family Culture Project, episode number 20, The Power of a Family Business Meeting. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you to live a life of purpose with the ones you love. And become the family you are meant to be. so excited to talk about this topic because it's one of my favorite things that we do as a family. It has actually been a huge game changer for us in terms of communication and connection. So it's kind of interesting to hear that you think this is one of the favorite things we do as a family, (laughs) but that actually makes a lot of sense to me in the sense that, you know, like, probably less like me, but definitely you like organization and structure, and then there's and and most families do. Look, at the end of the day, your family doesn't operate as well if you don't have organization and structure. Um, a good example of that is the organization and structure around this family business meeting. But also, I, I was just thinking of our vacations that we just came back from and how organized we are about that as well. But, you know, an organized life is a much better life. So thank God I have you to help me be a little bit more organized because I don't know if it's the favorite thing that we do, (laughs) but I can see how, how you think it's the favorite thing we do. And I do think that it's a very important part of, um, you know, building family culture, but also just just having a purpose about what we're doing each week. As we've talked about in the past, um, you have to look at your calendar and you have to um, identify that the things on your calendar actually align with your family values. And this is the best way to do it. So when I say it's my favorite thing to do, it's not the most fun thing to do because there are times when we sit down and the meetings don't go as smoothly as I'd like for them to go. But in terms of how it's changed our family, and for me, I think it's got the greatest potential to be a culture changer. That's that's one of the reasons why it's a favorite thing for me. I get that. That's why I was saying it probably was not my favorite (laughs) because it's not always fun, but it is helpful. But you think in terms of like your workplace, special projects, if you're working with a team, you don't do anything without having regular meetings, regular check-ins, discussing the status of the project, discussing the health of the team. I mean, those are things that you don't even question and you do in a workplace environment within an organization. And really, the family is not that much different. In a family, you still need those check-ins. You still need to touch base. You still need to figure out if you're on the same page. If you're going in different directions, how can we pull everybody together and work together? together and make things work. And I think, you know, it's, it's not something that most families know about or do. And we're here to help you bridge the gap and take this really effective tool that's used in an organization and apply it to your family. Yeah, definitely. I I think that it also, you know, just like in a business setting, it gives um, all members a voice. Um, So it gets everybody's opinion in on what's important for that week. So what are they focused on? What do they want us to be focused on? What do we want them to be focused on? What do, what's coming up that we didn't know about? Because sometimes, you know, one of, one or two of the kids know about um, a sporting event coming up, but the rest of us do not. So that sets all of our expectation about what we're going to do um, each day of the week, including the weekends. Um, and I also like about the family business meeting, we've incorporated in um, things like what are we going to eat that week and how how do we plan around you know, some of our favorite meals and get them in and gives the kids a voice too, as to what do they, what do they, what would they like to have this week? So it also makes meal planning uh, a little bit easier, I think. Mm -hmm. 
So a family business meeting really isn't all about business. There's lots of fun to it too. It's basically just a consistent time once a week where the family gathers and they discuss the things that are important to the family. So why don't you um, tell us about, or at least summarize for our listeners a little bit about um, what we think some of the greatest benefits of having these meetings are. Sure. For one, I think it's a big help in helping us solve problems. You know, too often we deal with things in our lives on our own. And when we come together and we can talk about the problems that surround around us personally and as a family and we're able to put our heads together we're able to solve problems better i also think it reduces stress i think a lot of stress in our family especially from our kids comes from the unknown not knowing what their week holds not knowing how we're going to handle a situation how we're going to handle a schedule conflict how they're going to fit everything in really Right, Because a lot of times you're so busy during the week, it's a little bit stressful to think about how am I going to get all that done. But when you sit around and you talk about it, um, you can move some things around. It actually helps relieve the stress to the kids too as it relates to how are they going to have playtime along with getting the sports and the practices in mm-hmm. and the practice time and, 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 you know, and getting together with the people that they want to get together with. Um, you know, it actually relieves, I, I think, stress for the kids as well. Um, not just us as parents. Yeah, and it also builds family togetherness. Now, you mentioned this earlier. When you have an opportunity to be heard, it bonds you together. And so I think that's an important part, an important benefit, is being able to know that, hey, even if we have the busiest week of our life on Sunday, we're going to be able to sit down for that one hour you know, in the afternoon after lunch and be able to share some of the things, some of my concerns, some of the things that are on our hearts, some of the things that we're excited about or ideas we have. And I like that it also, it really, it also helps reinforce family culture and values. And and the reason I say that is because, you know, in our meeting, not only do we really open up with our mission statement and what's important to us, but we also, as we're going through the calendar and adding things to the calendar, we're making sure that it actually aligns with our family culture and values. And when things are out of whack, it's easy to identify, even with our kids to identify that, okay, well, um, you know, if we have to make a judgment call between one event or another, we really fall back onto the values to make those, um, to make those decisions. And, and, and it becomes less stress- stressful from that perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a perfect opportunity to reinforce the language of our family culture. I love that it also teaches vital life skills, um, such as problem solving, planning, conflict resolution, communication. And I think, as you mentioned before, when we all come to the table with some of the things that we've had to juggle, we're able to find creative solutions and collaborate and you know, not just finding solutions for problems, but planning and dreaming for the future and bringing our ideas of who we can be together. Yeah, I think it sets them up well for the future, regardless of, you know, where where, where they go in life. Um, the skills of, of actually planning ahead and, and have everyone having a voice and figuring out how that all works together is really important skills that if you go through life and plan everything and you just tell your kids what to do, where to be, it really doesn't give them the, those, those kind of skills. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't learn those kind of skills. So an obvious question is when do you start having these meetings um, with your children? And I'm an advocate for really 
you know, and based on our experience, having them at the younger ages, as mm-hmm. soon as they're really toddlers and walking around, it might get a little challenging. And the younger they are, just from a pure perspective of how much time you spent in the meeting. So you might have to have a, an abbreviated meeting with the younger, younger ones, and then maybe you and your wife finish it up. Mm-hmm. But but I, I think getting them started young on this is, is important. What do you, What do you think, Kim? Oh, I'd absolutely agree. And when we first started having our meetings, we would have the kids sit with us for a portion of the meeting. And that usually, our conversations with them usually revolved around, who do you want to have a play date this week? What do you want to eat this week? What do you want to eat this week, right? Or, um, you know, grandma and grandpa are coming. Do you want, we want to go to the park with them? Like just conversations that were at their level that they could have so that they felt like they were a part of the planning process. And I think also an important part of having a consistent meeting, even when they're not old enough to maybe sit for the whole thing, is that when they're done and they go to play, they see us communicating, talking through our schedule, solving problems, discussing issues, having back and forth conversation, giving ideas, sharing ideas, listening to ideas. It sets a really good example and it models consistent communication. So over the years, you know, based on what we just described, you'll you, if you start at the younger years, you know, the meetings will be shorter with the children and then it'll get longer over time. And then they'll just really be in there for the whole entire meeting. It's important when you get in as the kids get older, I think, for them to listen to all parts of the meeting, including discussions around finances and, and things that go a little bit deeper than just just scheduling the calendar per se. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then the other thing that I think um, is really important, and I've done this in work, um, a tremendous amount of success, which is um, involvement of everybody running the meeting. Um, so it's not just involvement of participating in the meeting, it's actually running the meeting. So each child would run the meeting and go through the agenda um, of the meeting and, and just like just like if we were running it. And so as they get older, that's definitely um, a recommendation. I do it, like I said, and work with my team and it's been awesome. I mean, I think that um, I don't even run the meetings anymore. They don't actually even schedule me in. I actually thought I was going to get scheduled in once every 10 times, but I don't even get scheduled in and, and the meetings are run good. I actually have them end every meeting with some sort of an inspirational quote that they look up. Um, and that's always fun as well. But it's amazing how how well them taking the ownership of a meeting. It's no, nothing like them owning the meeting versus the boss coming in, having an agenda and talking through the agenda. I sit on a lot of meetings like that for senior people above me. And I have to tell you, most of them are not run very well from that perspective, or they're not really fun to be at. Whereas I really have gotten good feedback. I, I'm a little partial because I think our, my meetings are fun, but I've gotten some really good feedback from the team as well in that in that area. And I think I've seen the same here at home with the family business meetings when the kids are running it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think ownership is so important. I think we may have mentioned in a previous podcast about when um, it came time to teach our kids to cook, the ownership they took over that task and how they became grateful and were able to sit through meals prepared by other people because they knew what it took to cook the meal. The same thing happens here. When the kids start running the meeting, they start to have more respect for the meeting when it's run by other people. They start to be able to add their personality to it. They are able to try new things and then they're able to sit better as a whole and it just increases the experience yeah definitely their attention span i think it's an attention span thing as well if they're running it or one of their siblings is running it it's easier Mm -hmm. for them to pay attention Mm -hmm. because they're almost kind of watching them and what they're going to do when they've run it 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a good learning experience for them. And like I said, it, it, even with our business meetings and even with the, the family meetings, there's more engagement mm-hmm. when everybody has to run it. Oh, absolutely. It's time to become the family you were meant to be. We're thrilled to announce that pre-registration is now open for our Family Culture Project Signature Course. We will be your companions as you decide what you want your family to be known for. Determine your core values and passions and translate your values into behaviors that can be taught, coached, and celebrated. And then create a family manifesto. Go to www.thefamilycultureproject.com to sign up. You will be the first to be notified when the course officially opens and receive our pre-registration discount. So we're going to give you a few tips on how to have your own family business meeting. I think the most important thing is to make it a priority. For us, we do it once a week. We, we know that it's going to be every Sunday after church, after lunch, we sit down and we talk about the upcoming week. For you, it may be another night, but the importance is not the day or the time that you do it, but that it's a set time on your calendar. For some people, it may have to be a breakfast meeting because that's the only time everybody's home and has the time to talk. Look through your calendar and figure out when is a consistent time that you are always free. The idea of knowing that it's going to always be that time is important as well because then there's an expectation that this is happening because if it becomes random, it's a little bit more difficult to get the attention span and, mm-hmm. and to, you know, it's an expectation creator that we're going to have this mm-hmm. meeting. Um, and the kids are very accepting of it. They're not, yeah. oh, I'm not having the business meeting again. Yeah. They just, it becomes they just a rhythm. Yeah, it just yeah. becomes a habit. So it's also important to have an agenda. So here's a couple of things that we include in our meeting, and you really have to figure out what works for you. So we typically start out the meeting with prayer, followed by one of our children reading our mission statement. And that, again, like we mentioned, is just so that we can continue to use that cultural language, those values and passions and things that are important to us, that we can continually infuse them into our week and have them be heard on a regular basis. Plus, it acts like a compass as we talk about the situations, the ideas, the dreams, the scheduling, the conflicts, it just guides us through every conversation. Yeah, it's a good beginning of the meeting so that you can have that front and center with you as you align your, your, your calendar with your values. And then we typically do updates on large projects such as renovations or vacation planning. When we were going through a renovation in our home, Carl would update us for where we are with the status. When is the con- when is the project going to start? When is it going to end? What the latest is from the contractor? Even in the midst of the progress. When we're going to pay the contractor. <laughs> when things needed to be picked out. Just to update the kids so they had an expectation. Um, not only of what was going to take place during the week, you know, in the home, but also for us. So helping them understand what we carry as parents and what our responsibilities are as parents, letting them know that there's things that are that we are handling throughout the week helps them to understand that they are not the center of the family and that there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of moving pieces. Well, and I learn a lot at these family business meetings because, you know, being in being in work all day, I'm not sure actually what's happening. So I at least learn at the beginning of the week and then I can set up my business calendar of when do I have to leave work early on a particular day to get home for a recital or something that's going on with the kids that I really want to make it to. Yeah, so that brings us to our next point, which is syncing our calendars. We do it weekly and then monthly. So that's pretty self-explanatory, but we look at the week, we go through day by day, we talk about who has practices, who has recitals, um, when I need my husband to come home to cover the hangout with the kids while I attend an event, 
Um, and then we take a step back and we look at the monthly calendar. We say, hey, you know, we haven't had a day trip. We haven't spent time together recently. You know, I see that next month has an open weekend. Why don't we plan a day trip? Um, we're able to then step back and talk about what's, you know, one, two, and three months out for us. And then it just continues to create an expectation for the kids and for us. And again, be flexible. It, it doesn't have to, um, like, these are a lot of great ideas and you might not fit them in in every meeting. So don't stress out about it. I mean, the cores of what's in every meeting, um, you, you'll cover. And if you don't cover certain certain topics, certain weeks, that's okay. You know, we're just kind of giving you a list of things that happen at our family business meeting um, and that can and, and, and is an ideal um, place for it. Um, but but don't stress out about it. I mean, sometimes our meetings are very short. Sometimes they're a, a bit longer. Like you said, when we're planning for vacation, they tend to be a little bit longer because we're talking about places that they want to visit so that we know how to schedule that into mm-hmm. the itinerary, place mm-hmm. things that they would want to do, see, or eat mm-hmm. um, while we're on vacation. So You know, summers, they probably tend to be a right. little bit shorter because yeah. we're... The, the day-to-day isn't as busy. We want to get and, to the pool quicker. Yes. <laughs> we want to get out. We want to get into the sun. And so we cover the most important things. Right. So we also get a chance at these meetings to reflect a little bit. Um, not every week, but we get to reflect on kind of what went well, what didn't go that great. And um, and what, what do we need to work on the, in the upcoming week? And this is just similar to what we, we talked about um, on the family retreat episode, where you'd be surprised what the kids say what went well, what worked for them, what didn't work for them. And this is where they give honest feedback on like where they'd like us to be different. Not only that, they actually give some pretty honest feedback about school and school work and, and um, successes and failures for the week. It's, a, it's an opportunity to, um, for them to elaborate on something that maybe they didn't touch at at dinner. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then there's always that last sort of like, what else do we need to know? What are we missing? What haven't we talked about before? One, one additional thing that we actually throw into the business meeting once in a while is um, goals for the week, month summer, school season, etc. So as you get toward the end of the summer and you have those shorter meetings, you start talking about um, the goals for the school season and laying those expectations up front. Same thing is when you're actually going into the summer, what what's we, we start talking about in the meetings, what special things do you want to fit in? We talk about those things and then just really goals for what are we trying to achieve that week? Um, how is that going to work? And then once in a while, obviously, once a year, you get to your New Year's. What are your New Year's goals? And we always like to try to throw in a little bit of discussion around um, if there's any particular area that anyone wants to work on or a kind of list as their goal for this year, such as I want to read 10 books or 15 books mm-hmm. this year. Um, last year, I only read 12. I want to try to get to 15 this year. Um, things like that. It's fun to it's fun to add those in and kind of ask those kids those questions, the kids their questions of a, of what they have in their their head. Sometimes it's not much. Sometimes actually you'd be surprised at what they what they um, put as a goal for themselves. Yeah, it's perfect for accountability. Be flexible with this. You're gonna try this over and over and over again until you get it right. And then just when you think you have it figured out, it's gonna change. And as your kids get older, it's gonna look different than it did when they were younger. And it's gonna be constantly changing in the seasons of your life. So be flexible. Yes, have a plan. Yes, have an agenda. But don't be so tied to it being perfect, to the conversations being perfect, for them being the same length, the same amount of time, the same topics. That's not gonna happen. And that's okay as long as you are consistent in connecting and communicating with one another. Yeah, I think the key is consistency. Um, The time will vary and it will evolve, as we said, when they're younger versus when they're older. 
Um, but just I think the consistency there is it becomes habit and the kids anticipate it, actually look forward to it. And there's security around knowing what you're doing that week because there's there can be a lot of anxiety around just all uncertainty there is in life in general. Mm-hmm. And these meetings really do put a, a good um, foundation around expectation. And I think that's just extremely important and comforting, not only for us, but for them. Oh, absolutely. And just to reiterate what we mentioned before, get everyone involved. Our kids are old enough now that they take turns leading the meeting. And like we said, I think it gives them great experience in leading a meeting. It changes their perspective on what it takes to run the meeting and it it changes their attention span. Um, But I also think that it helps you out as parents because eventually you can hand over the reins to them and isn't that what it's all about anyways is creating a culture where you are raising intentional wonderful amazing adults grown-ups yeah so if you're interested in holding regular family meetings you can save time in planning by downloading our collection of sample agendas Choose one that works for you and your family, or mix and match and create your own. We have also included the tips you've heard here on this episode, plus a meeting agenda suggestion form for your families to fill out in the days leading up to each meeting. You can find the link to that in your show notes. If you've been enjoying the show, we'd like to ask you for a favor. Would you be willing to leave a short review in iTunes? We're passionate about helping families thrive, and reviews help families find us. We really appreciate your support. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com. Today's episode was produced by Kimberly Amici, Noelle Rhodes, along with production assistant Melanie Torres. The Family Culture Project is part of the Juniper Collective, a network of podcasting vision carriers who believe every person can have a better life.